Pastor Xavier Reese and a people and place under the watchful eye of their loving Father. Notice the vigilant watchfulness by God for His people will be constant to defend them. Listen to His word. His eyes observe the nations. Do not let the rebellious exalt themselves. Selah. Meditate. Ponder what I'm saying. There are many of these things recorded where God fights for Israel in the book of Judges and Samuel and so many other books. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. The late Christian apologist and author Dave Hunt perceptively reminded us how Muslims claim Jerusalem as their third holiest city. But Jerusalem is not mentioned once in the Quran. In addition, during the centuries when Jerusalem was under complete Arab control, no Arab ruler or Islamic leader ever made it the object of a religious pilgrimage. Again, a strange indifference toward a city which is now considered to be the third holiest religious site of Islam. And today our teacher, Pastor Xavier, opens to Zechariah chapter 12 for a divine perspective of what's in store for the holy city leading up to the second coming of our Lord and Savior. Let's listen. Zechariah's name means Yahweh remembers, and the central message of the book is God's love for Jerusalem and Zion. There are two key verses. Listen to Zechariah 1.14. So the angel who spoke with me said to me, Proclaim, saying, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the captain of the armies of heaven, I am zealous for Jerusalem and for Zion with great zeal. The second one is Zechariah 8.2. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, again the captain of the armies of heaven, I am zealous for Zion and great zeal and great fervor. I am zealous for her. God loves Jerusalem, Zion. Jerusalem is mentioned in the scriptures more than any other city, 776 times in the Bible. It appears 42 times in Zechariah and 12 times in this chapter alone. Jerusalem has different forms, but basically it means foundation or possession of peace and sometimes called the city of peace. It is kind of ironic since no other city in its history of the world has experienced so little peace. Some have calculated Jerusalem has been seized some 27 to 30 times since her existence. Yet the worst day of Jerusalem is still in the future, during the period of great tribulation under the rule of the Antichrist, which is exactly the context that our chapter is in, towards the end. God is not through with Israel, and Jerusalem will experience the future peace only when the Prince of Peace has come and sets up the thousand-year reign. God told Jeremiah, listen closely, Thus saith the Lord, if you can break the covenant with the day and my covenant with the night, so that there will not be the day and night in their season, then my covenant may also be broken with David, my servant, so that he shall not have a son to reign on his throne, and with the Levites, the priests, and my ministers. Jeremiah 33, 20-21. Did you hear that? If the sun wouldn't have come up this morning, then you can say, God is through with Israel. How is it that churches and pastors can teach that God is through with Israel and the church is now spiritual Israel called replacement theology? Completely unbiblical. Completely unbiblical. And yet it's taught all over the place. What we want to do is look at the sneak preview here that Zechariah provides for us about the siege of the city of Jerusalem at the second coming of the Messiah. So he's dealing with Israel. Let me read here chapter 12. Verse 1 says, The burden of the word of the Lord against Israel, thus saith the Lord, 
who uh, stretches out the heavens, lays the foundation of the earth, and forms the spirit of man within him. Behold, I will make Jerusalem a cup of drunkenness to all the surrounding people when they lay siege against Jerusalem and Jerusalem, or Judah and Jerusalem. And it shall happen in that day that I will make Jerusalem a very heavy stone for all peoples, all who would heave it away, will surely be cut in pieces, though all nations of the earth are gathered against it. In that day, says the Lord, I will strike every horse with confusion and its riders with madness. I will open my eyes on the house of Judah and will strike every horse of the people with blindness. And the governors of Judah shall say in their heart, The inhabitants of Jerusalem are my strength and the Lord of hosts their God. In that day I will make the governors of Judah like a fire pan in the woodpile and like a fire torch in the sheaves. They shall devour all the surrounding peoples in the right hand and the left hand, but Jerusalem shall be inhabited again in her own place. Jerusalem. The Lord will sure will save the tents of um, Judah first, so that the glory of the house of David and the glory of the inhabitants of Jerusalem shall not become greater than that of Judah. In that day, the Lord will defend the inhabitants of Jerusalem, the one who is feeble among them. In that day shall be like David, and the house of David shall be like God, like the angel of the Lord before them. It shall be in that day that I will seek to destroy all the nations that come against Jerusalem. And I will pour out on the house of David and on the inhabitants of Jerusalem my spirit of grace and supplication. Then they will look on me, whom they have pierced. Yes, they will mourn for him as one mourns for his only son, and grieve for him as one grieves for a firstborn. In that day, there shall be a great mourning in Jerusalem, like the mourning of Hadad Rimon in the plain of Megiddo. And the land shall mourn every family by itself, the family of the house of David by itself, and their wives by themselves, the family of the house of Nathan by itself, and their wives by themselves, the family of the house of Levi by itself, and their wives by themselves, the family of Shimei by itself, and their wives by themselves, all the families that remain, every family by itself, and their wives by themselves. So the sneak preview that Zechariah gives us about the siege of Jerusalem is a battle towards the end of the tribulation, the great tribulation, right before Jesus comes back. And it consists of three things. First, you have the proclamation over Israel, verse 1 through 3. Second, you have the intervention for Israel, God's intervention for Israel, verse 4 through 9. And thirdly, God's conversion of Israel, 10 through 14. We begin with God's proclamation over Israel, 1 through 3. Notice verse 1. The prophet Zechariah revealed the judgment against Israel. Mark it well. The prophecy is introduced as the burden of the word of the Lord. We've looked at this word before, burden. It means oracle of judgment. The idea of that which is weighty or heavy and needs to be lifted up, proclaimed. The first one we've seen in chapter 9, verse 1, is against the enemies of Israel. This one's against Israel. The source and origin, notice there in verse 1, of the judgment is the word of the Lord. Yahweh, not the prophets. He's simply the instrument. The word Lord, as you know, all capital is the covenant of God. Yahweh, the one who they made a covenant with at Mount Sinai, coming out of Egypt in Exodus 24. Notice the judgment is against Israel during the end of the Great Tribulation. So it's important to put a context to this so we know where we're at. Because sometimes people take scriptures out of context and apply them for today when they're not for today. Now, we can apply them in principle if it's happening, but it's not the context for today. This is the end, towards the end of the tribulation period, the great tribulation. The time Zechariah was speaking about was the present return of the reconciliation from the Babylonian captivity. The time Zechariah is referring to here in our text is the future, the most horrible time that Israel is ever going to go through under the rulership of the Antichrist. 
Daniel spoke about it, Daniel 12.1. Listen to what he says. He says, at that time, Michael shall stand up, the great prince who stands watch over the sons of your people, such as never was since there was a nation, even to that time. And at that time, your people shall be delivered. Everyone who is found written in the book of life, your people, the Bible is not politically correct, your people is the Jews. It's very, very clear. Jeremiah calls it Jacob's trouble in Jeremiah 30, verse 7, to mark the whole seven years. The last three and a half, horrible. Now, look at verse 1 still. The authority and the credentials behind the revealed judgment is of the highest, okay? Because some people get mad at God when he declares judgment that, well, who does he think he is? And God's just playing games with it. Listen, he knows all things. He's all present. He's all knowing. He cannot make mistakes. Thus saith the Lord, the covenant God, just like you, your parents can confront you because they gave you life. Your wife can confront your husband. Here God is confronting them. The credentials are impressive. Listen to them. The one who stretches out the heavens, he's involved, literally expanding and extending the heavens. The thinned out space in space last night was smaller than it is this morning. It's bigger this morning. Constantly expanding. Sea floor spreading goes from the middle out. All these things we know scientifically, accurate. They're not myths or suggestions. The one who lays the foundation of the earth, he created it. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, Genesis 1, 1 says. Out of nothing, he spoke them into being. Then he shaped and molded them. He created all things in heaven, earth, visible, invisible. Uh, thrones, dominions, powers, all things were created for him and to him. Colossians 1, 16 and 17. The third credential is one who forms the spirit of man within him. The soul indicates the intellect, the emotion, and the wills that we're able to communicate ourselves. Not being a Christian, we're ruled by that. Our body's uppermost. The body's just the instrument. So our intellect, emotion, and will rules our life. We live on the emotional plane. But it's the spirit of man that, that makes us trichotomous. It's dead, but when we're born again, now it's made alive and we're turned right side up. Now we're not living our lives just for the physical, not by our emotions, but by what we know. You better have an anchor. The word of God. This is his credentials. Do you think he's qualified to bring the judgment? You breathe into the spirit of man the breath of life. Genesis 1, 26, 2, 7. A living soul. Now notice the prophet Zechariah revealed the confederacy against Israel. And the dire consequences in verse 2 and 3. In 2, the prophecy declared God will bring about this confrontation. God calls attention emphatically to the initiation Against the city, he says, Behold, I will make Jerusalem. The word behold indicates pay attention. Mark it well. It's the cup. Literally a bowl or a basin or a goblet. Not just a little cup. And the idea is of coming to drink her up, to do away with her. So God states the effect of the cup. It's of drunkenness. Look at that. Drunkenness is a metaphor for weakness and inability to stand. Okay, you're under the influence. This is the idea here. They're intoxicated, but to their own destruction. This will prompt her enemies to be confident they will be able to defeat and destroy Israel. But the cup of drunkenness in reality is God's cup of judgment on them. They themselves will end up being destroyed, reeling, staggering. Notice God identifies the people involved to all the surrounding peoples. When they 
lay siege against Judah and Jerusalem, those who have come against her, who are around her. This is the southern part of Israel in the city of David, Jerusalem. Jeremiah prophesied about the cup of God's wrath for the nations in Jeremiah 25. They would drink it first through the hand of Nebuchadnezzar. In the last days, they will drink it by God. Read the book of Revelation. Very clear. Look at three. God will allow the siege only to turn it to be the destruction of the nations. God will cause Israel to stand. Listen to the words. And it shall happen in that day. Key word. That day. That I will make Jerusalem a very heavy stone for all people. That day appears seven times in this chapter. Verse 3, 4, 6, 8, 2 times, 9, and 7. The very heavy stone means immovable, resulting in their own hurt, overconfidence, trusting in self. All the nations involved, God will destroy them. All who would heave it away will surely be cut in pieces. The destruction they would think to do to Jerusalem ends up their own demise by the hand of God. God will give the victory, though all the nations of the earth are gathered against Israel. In spite of their hatred, in spite of their military ability, in spite of their confidence, in spite of being outnumbered, God gives the victory over them. You remember Jesus wept as he pronounced judgment over Jerusalem. And Luke, he saw the city and he wept over it. Saying, if you had known, even you, especially in this, your day, the very day that Zechariah 99 told him he would come. The things that make for your peace, but now they are hidden from your eyes. Because they rejected their Messiah. And he said, you should not see me henceforth to you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. That's the second coming. That's what we're at in our text. Almost 2,000 years to this day. In 1948, only a few years after World War II ended. The uh, full horror of the Holocaust was realized. And uh, the world approved the new state of Israel. And the last British high commander, General Allenby, left um, the Jewish prime minister, David Gryon, declares Israel as an independent state. The USA, the USSR, and many others recognize it officially. And on the same day, Arab nations attacked Cracked British trained Arab troops pounced on Israel from Transjordan, Iraq, Syria, Lebanon, and Egypt. The world expecting the Jews to be destroyed in a few days, being outnumbered and outarmed. Instead, they triumphed and gained territory. By the signing of the treaty in 1949, Israel occupied the continuous block of land from Lebanon to Negev, especially the West Bank region, the Gaza Strip. Now, General Allenby, the British general, when he was there, Britain used to say, the sun never sets on the English Empire. After they betrayed, they trained the Arabs. They knew the men that they left to attack Israel. England has been reduced to one little island. You do not mess with Israel, ladies and gentlemen. You fight with God. Pray for our president. Did he stand behind Israel? but not try to make it a two-party state. <laughs> you do not divide the land. It belongs to the people. We're going to see this, okay? 1959, Egyptian President Nasser nationalized the Suez Canal and blocked the Straits of Tehran. Israel took the Gaza Strip and the Sinai Peninsula, which it returned eventually to Egypt. 
1967, President of Egypt, Nasser, blocked entry to the Jewish port of Eilat and invited other Arab nations to help him wage war on Israel. The Arabs were heavily supported by Russia with about 547,000 armed troops, 504 tanks, and 957 fighter aircraft, while the Jews had 264,000 troops, 800 tanks, and 300 combat aircraft, mostly from the U.S. Yet, on June 5, 1967, the Six-Day War, Israeli planes launched a preemptive strike on the air bases of Egypt, Jordan, Syria, and Iraq, eliminating much of the enemy air power. After taking the entire Sinai Peninsula and all the land to the Jordan River, Egypt and Jordan worked out a ceasefire. Israel captured the buffer zone over the Golan Heights and regained control of the city of Jerusalem for the very first time. First time in 2,000 years the Jews could go to the Wailing Wall. In good faith and peaceful intentions, General Moshe Dayan gave the Temple Mount to the King of Jordan in 1994. Jordan turned it over to the PLO, the openly terrorist organization. 1973, on the Day of Atoma, Yom Kippur, the holiest day of the Jewish calendar, Egypt and Syria launched another surprise attack on Israel in which Israel once again triumphed. We can go on and on. The attacks of Hezbollah on Lebanon, firing hundreds of Katusha rockets, missile sites located in hospitals and schools, Al-Qaeda, ISIS, so on and so forth, let alone the nation of Iran who has sworn to destroy every Jew and push him off the face of the earth. Jesus wept. If you would have known this your day, the things were prepared for you. This is God's proclamation over Israel. Second comes the intervention for Israel. In 4 and 5, the prophet Zechariah revealed God will weaken the enemy. God repeats the time so that the prophecy is not misinterpreted. In that day. Okay? You as a parent do that with your child when they're little. Now this is that. This is the same thing. This is that. This is the key phrase in chapter 12 through 14. It appears seven times in this chapter. One time, chapter 13, seven times in 14. This day is not a 24-hour day, but a period of time with many events in it. It's called the day of the Lord. It's called the tribulation and great tribulation that will lead into the millennial kingdom. And many events that are recorded in the book of Revelation will take place. Now, God will supernaturally intervene against the enemy during the battle. Look at verse 4. The authority is directly from the mouth of God, says the Lord Yahweh. He alone predicts the future. No man can. The impairment to the enemy is specific. I will strike every horse with confusion and its rider with madness. Ezekiel 38, 39, the Cossacks come down on horses also. There will be tanks, everything else, but mark it well. The word confusion means astonishment, bewilderment. In other words, they expect so much, they're salivating. And God rips that steak right off their mouth and breaks their teeth in their mouth. There are many of these things recorded where God fights for Israel in the book of Judges and Samuel and so many other books. Notice the vigilance, watchfulness by God for his people will be constant to defend them. Listen to his words. I will open my eyes on the house of Judah and will strike every horse of the peoples with blindness. Psalm 66, 7 says, He ruled by His power forever. His eyes observe the nations. Do not let the rebellious exalt themselves. Selah. Meditate. Ponder what I'm saying. (laughs) This book points back to history. 
This took place in the city of Dothan. When the Syrian army went looking for Elijah because he was leaking the military tactical strategy information against Syria. And so when the, the uh, servant of Elijah went out there, he saw the Syrian army freaked out. Lord, alas, my master, we're dead. Elijah says, Lord, open this guy's eye. He opens his eyes. He sees the flaming cherubim. All the angels says, those that are with us are more than those that are with them. And then God struck the entire Syrian army with blindness. Do you believe this stuff? God saying one little angel out there killed 250,000 frontline Assyrian truth. Bad dudes. One night. Look at five. God will be the complete confidence of the leaders. So he will impair the enemy. Now he deals with the leaders. Complete confidence of the leaders in God for the battle and in the battle. Their trust will be genuine to lead the people. Listen. And the governors of Judah will say in their hearts. The word heart speaks of the person's character, loyalty, faithfulness, genuineness. They're not playing games. Now, right now, Israel, the Jews, they don't believe in Jesus Christ. They have no basis for their sin. There's no temple. There's no sacrifices. They're just religious. For the most part, most of them are secular. Their genuineness here is evident by their word. The inhabitants of Jerusalem are my strength in the Lord of hosts, their God. In other words, those governing confirm their trust in each person as strengthened for the battle because they are looking to God. Just as God said in the last day, He would pour out His Spirit upon all flesh for Israel towards the end of the tribulation. The Lord of hosts, the captain of the armies of heaven, is their God who will enable and empower them in and through the battle. This chapter, we get no other place where all these specifics are given centering on Jerusalem. Look at verse 6 and 7. The prophet Zechariah revealed God will honor the leader's faith for the battle. The genuineness, now their faith, their trust in him. God will make the leaders a devastating weapon in his hands. The repeated context is, in that day, prior to the second coming when Jerusalem is attacked, the repeated emphasis of his divine empowerment to make them victorious is stated. I will make the governors of Judah. I will. The illustration is by the use of two metaphors of a consuming fire. I will make the governors of Judah like a fire pan in the wood pile. You don't put a fire pan in the wood pile. Gone. And like a fiery torch in the sheaves. These are called similes introduced by the word like or as. It doesn't mean they are, but there's a comparison. So you get understand, you get the picture. Notice the victorious outcome is certain. They shall devour all the surrounding peoples on the right hand and on the left. The enemy will be defeated at their dismay. The people of God will be victorious by their trust and dependency upon God. Just as you and I have to depend upon the Lord for the difficulties of life. But this is quite different. This is the, the time of great tribulation. This is under the Antichrist. This is where he tolerates nobody except his own worship. He controls everybody. You don't take his mark, he cuts your head off. The city of Jerusalem will survive and be the capital of the world in the kingdom age. Listen, he mentions the millennium. But Jerusalem shall be inhabited again in her own place. That's the millennium. It'll be the religious, political center of the world. 
This is the end of the Great Tribulation. The Battle of Armageddon follows. Pastor Xavier Reese and final victory claimed for the city of Jerusalem, as we find promised in the Old Testament prophetical account of Zechariah chapter 12 today. Now, you can hear this message again, if you like, online anytime by selecting today's date under the radio tab at calvarychapelpasadena.com. But you can also request a CD copy of this timely study titled The Siege and Deliverance from Jerusalem. As always, they're available for just $4. And make sure you share this helpful insight with your brothers and sisters in the Lord once you're through. The title to ask for once again is The Siege and Deliverance from Jerusalem. Or simply mention today's date when you write Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths. 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And it's helpful when you mention the call letters of this station when you contact us. And then join us for more Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese right here next time. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. www.calvarychapelpasadena.com 